Hello there. Thanks for joining me in the uh, podcast today. We're going to talk today, we'll talk today on a very interesting topic. The, the healing balm of music. You know, music has played a very significant role throughout history. The lives of people. Music has been there to soothe and been there to stimulate and to activate. Been there to entertain as well as to comfort. And many, many different purposes and roles music has played in our lives over the centuries, going way back in biblical days when music was a very important part of the culture. Music often is shaped by the culture. The culture shapes music. And um, we follow and we utilize that music for the purposes that we uh, need it for in our own life so that we function at a high level of effectiveness. So, when it comes to health, most people reach into the pill box and take a pill and think that the pill is going to be the healing balm in their life and going to be the means of empowerment and control over their body and control over their illness or disease or whatever it might be. We are a pill-oriented culture today. That's not always been the case throughout history, but we have become a pill-oriented culture. To suggest that there's a healing bomb of music is like going backwards in time. But you know, when you go backwards in time, there's some truth there. So today we're going to take a look at the healing bomb of music. Now, we do know from some recent studies that a child exposed to music in the womb during the early months of life, after conception, that child has an imprint of that particular style of music on his brain, on her brain. In other words, within the womb, a child exposed to music identifies with that music after birth, prefer prefers that music after birth and throughout life. And will remember that music after birth. In other words, there's an imprint. There's a, a marking of that music on the brain of that infant during the growth process of pregnancy. So music plays an enormously positive role in the life of a young child. Or it could play a positive role, but it could also play a disturbing and anxiety and depressing role if that's the kind of music the child is exposed to during the pregnancy years. So it's important that the music of a pregnant woman be soothing, be relaxing, be calming, and not be dissonant or anxiety-producing or agitating, if you will. The type of music that that child is exposed to will, to some degree, shape the emotional tone of the child thereafter. So music is empowering, but it can be disturbing, you know, as well. There have been many, many studies now that have shown the empowerment of music in their, in their life at critical times in their life. One study in, in 2006, published in the Journal of Advanced Nursing, 
found this, that listening to music can reduce chronic pain up to 21%, and depression is reduced by 25% just by listening to music, at least for 15 to 60 minutes a day, several days a week. In other words, that mood state is affected, is changed by the music that is played and you are exposed to as an individual, not just with children, but with adults as well. So we're finding that it might be good to even prescribe for a patient who is in pain or a patient who is depressed to listen to music at least 10 to 15 minutes a day. But music that is uplifting, music that is not particularly dissonant, but music that is compatible and found to be relaxing and soothing, you know, to you as a listener. Now, there's been one study that showed that what kind of a music is important to listen to. Do you listen to any old music or do you listen to certain kind of music? Well, one study showed that it doesn't really matter if the music you listen to is the one that you pick out or the one that somebody else picks out for you. But there's another study that shows that it really does matter because the music that is most helpful and most healthy is the music that you listen to as a child and that you grew up with as a child and it has become your preferred music. Now, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be rock and roll, it can be jazz, it can be hymns, it can be anything. But if it's your preferred music, during your younger years, you're more likely as an adult to respond positively to that music and it will have a healing balm for you as a patient struggling with depression, struggling with pain. And they even found that to be true with individuals who are angry and who often find themselves in conflict with others is to play soft music while the person is angry or while a conflict is taking place. But it's better to use the music that is compatible to you as an individual, whether you're angry or not. So I think the research is going to show that compatible music is better than dissonant music. Compatible music obviously is defined by the music that you listened to and preferred and liked during your younger years. Dissonant music is a music that is so different from what you're used to that it creates a sense of irritability or restlessness or anxiety or even creates a sense of depression. So music is an extremely important thing. It's important for the fetus, important for the young person, it's important for an older person. Now, there are areas of the brain that are particularly affected uh, when music is played. The hippocampus is the area right in the middle of the brain, right in the base in the middle of the brain, largely related to memory. And then the abdulla is also part of the uh, learning center and the memory system of the brain where much of that music is stored. Uh, amygdala. Amygdala is the other area, which is real near the hippocampus, that part of the mid part of the brain. They store a lot of the memory. And they seem to store music memory, rhythmic memory, memory with beats and taps, you know, to it. That's the part of the brain that seems to be the most activated part of the brain when we listen to music. And that's the part of the brain that we draw on 
to decide whether the music that we listen to today is compatible or incompatible, complementary or dissonant, healthy or agitating and depressing, one that is creates anxiety or creates a sense of calm and a sense of peace. So it's the music that we grew up with that seems to be the more preferred and healthy and positive kind of music. Now, a recent study have shown this even, that Alzheimer's patients respond to certain kind of music different than other people. They, they listen to music that is in form of a tap or a rhythmic kind of a pattern, and they listen to music that is either played on a modern flute or an ancient flute, like the Indians would uh, produce music from a flute from years and years and years past. It's got that eerie sound. But what we find is that Alzheimer's patients do respond to that kind of music. So there's something within the brain of an Alzheimer's patient that responds to music. Perhaps it's the memory that is stimulated in the Alzheimer's patient that is otherwise not stimulated. But it's, so it's music exposure that produces cognitive improvement cognitive stimulation, cognitive aliveness and alertness that uh, now comes. And then another study took on the, a group of patients that had a stroke. And they played music to them immediately after the stroke, uh, very, very quickly after their stroke. And what they found is that that music had a healing balm. It reduced their depression and increased their cognitive skills much more rapidly, faster, than would have occurred under normal circumstances in having a stroke and no music being played. So stroke patients seem to benefit from music being played, particularly immediately after the stroke, so that it is a stimulating and uh, healing balm for stroke patients. So we have this whole idea that Music is just kind of for certain people under certain circumstances, certain times, for enjoyment or recreational or um, pleasant activities. Well, music has a healing balm. It has a medical role to play. It enhances the medical procedures that otherwise would be utilized and, and are utilized. In other words... Take any medical procedure, medication or whatever, radiation and so on, in dealing with a particular disorder or disease and add a bomb of music to it. Ten minutes a day minimum. Fifteen minutes a day minimum. And see what the result would be. If you're in that kind of a situation where you're with a disease or you're with a disorder, and you're just dealing with pain, you're dealing with a cognitive impairment, you're dealing with uh, anger, you're dealing with depression, you're dealing with anxiety, you're dealing with anger. Try music. Try the healing bomb of music. You can still use your medications, you can still use your psychotherapy that you're involved in and the counseling you're involved in and so on. But add music. Add music. There's a healing bomb to music. But why would put the caveat? Select the music that you like. Select the music that is consonant with your brain and your experience, not dissonant. 
Music that is part of your history, part of your childhood, part of your upbringing, part of the music that you were exposed to as a child, as an infant, and perhaps even the music that you were exposed to as a fetus in the womb. So that's the kind of music to bring into your life and use it at least 10 to 15 minutes a day and make it a part of your regimen, make it part of your treatment plan, make it part of your uh, way of recovery because it produces relaxation. It stimulates the brain to remember certain experiences and, and brings about certain kind of memories that might even be positive and enjoyable and relaxing and healthy. Well, music has a way of getting in under your skin but, and then produce a healing balm to you. So I recommend you look at healing, you look at your healing process with the aid of music. Music is a healing bomb. Okay, nice to have you with me today, and I recommend you go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. And uh, that particular website is, uh, is very good for you to, to, to listen to or, or to read. A book in there entitled Achieving and Living a Healthy Lifestyle in a World of Stress. I recommend the book. It would be a good one for you to listen to if you have somebody read it to you or good to read it to yourself. Achieving and living a healthy lifestyle in a world of stress. A lot of good ideas in there about how to increase your healthiness, how to turn the tables on illness and disease, and how to start the recovery process. And I would add to that the healing balm of music. So make sure that that becomes part of your experience, okay? You need a dentist, Dr. Chris Wong of the North Cedar Dental Office in Fresno, California on North um, Cedar Avenue, just beyond Herndon. And uh, Dr. Wong would be a great dentist, you know, for you to uh, try out or go to if you're in need of a dentist or you're changing dental plans or whatever. Check him out, Dr. Chris Wong local dentist in Fresno. So happy day for you today, and um, see you again, and bye for now.